Thank you, Joe. Now, good evening. Let me add my welcome to those who are in the building and those who are online watching us as well. Let me pray for us as we stop to reflect upon Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Christmas and for our Lord and our Saviour. Today, as we meet the one that you sent, help us to respond rightly to him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the very, very best theme songs tell you so much more than just the character that you're about to meet. Uh, I I wonder if you have a particular theme song that you know off by heart. In fact, see if you can guess this one. See if you can guess uh, what particular show, movie, character this theme song is for. Let's see how we're going. Ah, Very good. Joe's listening. Adam, would you mind turning this up just a little bit? Uh, it's, It's the laptop PowerPoint one thing if you can work it out uh superman very good now you haven't listened to it it, it introduces it to you right strength ability P- perhaps even flight i mean you, you can imagine the character taking off the very best theme songs they don't even need lyrics do they they set up what's about to happen now usually it's in hindsight you look back and you go well okay i can see it there uh, what, what about this one let's see if you can manage to spot this one Mystery, intrigue. What was that? James Bond, very good. But see, you don't need lyrics, right? All you need is that little, the subtle sense of what's going to come. Although, it's not only mystery, is it? It's not just intrigue. There's going to be... Well, of course, we're going to settle in with this national man of mystery, right? I mean, it, it, it's such a good theme song. It sets up the genre of what's coming. It almost tells you the plot. You know the good guy is going to win in a show that has a theme like that one. But of course, it's not always good guys, is it? Uh, what, about, what about this one? Can you spot this one? Right, do you need any more? Is that enough? The Darth, the Imperial March, right? Now, for those who aren't Star Wars, this is the, the main bad character every time he appears on scene. Oh, what can you imagine? A striding, powerful, evil, powerful, that no one can stand before. The theme song tells us all. Now, of course, some theme songs go all out, don't they? They just put it in the lyrics, and they tell you straight from the start everything you need to know about what you're about to see. For example... What's this show about? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, you know what's coming. It's about teenagers. It's going to be pizza and sleeping in. It's about mutants, so they're going to be fighting crazy big monsters. It's about ninjas, so wah! And they're turtles. You you don't need to know anything else. It's all right there. Uh, Or or perhaps here's another one that tells you everything you need to know about the show. Anyone pick this one? They fight and bite. They fight and fight and bite. That's about the cartoon that the Simpsons, which is a cartoon, watch, right? They fight and bite, they fight and fight and fight, they fight and bite, fight and bite, fight and bite. Like, that's it, that's the whole show. You don't actually need to watch it anymore. That is itchy and scratchy. And of course, every now and then, the composer of a theme song gets it just so incredibly right. The perfect combination of music and lyrics to create something that transcends. It's no longer just a theme song. This is, this is art. This is, I mean, you know, p- perhaps one of my... Uh, my, my favourite shows of all time, right? Oh, hang on, no, no, that's not it. That's <coughs> sorry, how did, how did that get in there? Anyway, 
never mind, let's move on. Uh, the best theme shows don't just tell you something about the character, they tell you everything you need to know about what's coming, the plot. They set your expectations. They teach you how to respond to what you're engaging with. Now, when Jesus was born, God pressed play on his theme song. It was in our reading in Luke there. Now, unfortunately, we don't have the music. No, no the, uh, the shepherds weren't savvy enough to pull out their phones and start recording it, right? So, so we don't have the tune, but we do have the lyrics, the character that has appeared and who he is and what he is going to do. And what I want to do tonight for, for a few minutes is just take you through that theme song that we might understand Jesus. Now, if you've got your Bible handy in that Luke reading, the second reading that we had, Really, I'm going to focus on one sentence. Sentence number 11 out of all that was read for us. Here's the one little bit that I want to pull out and tease out for us, this theme song for Jesus. Luke chapter 2 and verse 11 says, Today in the city of David, a Saviour was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, perhaps slightly more wordy than a lot of our uh, modern catchy theme songs. But let me point out two things to you. Firstly, let me point out the royal rule. This theme song sets the location for us. Today, in the city of David. None of these, uh, none of these fictional towns, right? We're not in Metropolis or Gotham City uh, or Ponyville even. Or all these fictional places that have been invented. No, today in the historic town of David or Bethlehem the name that was given to it now you think why does that really matter I mean Bethlehem as far as I understand it was a little bit of a nowhere I mean it was on the outskirts of Jerusalem it was fairly small maybe as many as a thousand people maybe probably a fair few less people than that and yet it was a city with massive massive reputation the city of David not, not, not mine, as my children are very fond of pointing out, but King David, my, my name's David, sorry, just in case. King David, the greatest king Israel had ever had. The king who God promised that one of his descendants would rule fraternity. Now, if you want a crazy promise, how about that one? I mean, you, you think about how monarchies work, right? Hereditary monarchs, one dies so that the next one can become king. So how can one of them rule for eternity? Isn't he going to die at some point? Well, we have to wait and see what that means. Jesus, born in the town of David, ruling over everyone forever. The location matters, doesn't it? The theme song also tells us the job description, right? Teenage mutant ninja turtles. They were ninjas, that's their job description. Here... Today in the city of David, a saviour was born who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, Messiah, it's a strange word because it's a Hebrew word which often gets translated for us into a Greek word. That's not particularly helpful, is it? So we take Messiah and we translate it into Greek and the Greek word is Christ. And that really isn't the end. It should be translated into English. Christ isn't Jesus' surname, Jesus Christ. It's not like Mr. and Mrs. Christ had baby Christ. It doesn't work like that. Christ is the title. It should be, instead of Mr. Jesus, it should be Christ Jesus. That is the English word, is king. There you go. 
Hebrew Messiah, Greek King, you take them both into English and you're left with King. God's chosen King, God's promised King, God's anointed King. The one that he promised David would rule the world for all eternity. Here in Bethlehem was born the king. But actually he's even more than the king. Have a look again, right? These words just keep giving. He was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now in some ways that's the easiest word, isn't it? We know what a Lord is. The Lord is the, the master over the servant. He's the one who reigns, rules, has authority over someone else. We think it's simple that Jesus is Lord. The problem is that Lord is the title of God. Throughout the whole Bible, who is the Lord? It's God. Today, God was born. <laughs> what? I mean, there's a, there's a twist, right? There's giving away the ending at the start. What a bizarre statement. Why is Jesus given this title? Well, because that's exactly what happened. God himself entered into creation. He rules as God. He rules with the authority of God because he is God. It was in that first Bible reading in Isaiah chapter 9. Just listen, and I'll, I'll read a couple of verses again for you. Listen how it all comes together. This is Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, listen to the names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. His dominion will be vast, his prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Why mighty God? Because this child born is God himself come to rule. I tell you, that's the point of Christmas, right? That's the point of all that we're doing in these times and these days and the celebrations and all the rest of it. God's king has come. Of course we're going to celebrate. Of course we're going to have public holidays. Of course we're going to be announcing it 2,000 years later still. The king has come. Not distant. Uh, this, this year we had a new monarch, right? Australia changed monarchs. No longer the queen, now we have a king. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, not much has changed in my life. I ha haven't seen new currency yet, the new passport hasn't been issued, the uh, law hasn't changed, I don't have to pay different taxes, I don't have to bow down to a different person in the street. I, there's just really... This king is nothing like that. Not a distant monarch who vaguely has something to do with me. This is a king who knows you. Not the same could be said about the king of England. He doesn't know who you are. This king does. He not only knows you personally, but he knows what's good for you. In his rule, he wants to tell us who to be, how to live, what to desire. It's personal. R really, if I can put it bluntly, it's our duty, right? Like it or not, whether we want to or not, our duty is to serve the king, to submit to God's king. But actually, 
the Bible's very clear, it's not just a duty, it's a joy. For he is a king who isn't selfish and self-centered, who isn't out to rule for himself, but a king who wants good for us. Now when you understand that Jesus is God's king, it explains so much. It explains Luke's concern for history. Luke went to great lengths, the writer of this gospel went to great lengths to find the truth, to go and interview the eyewitnesses, to uncover the facts and be able to present them accurately. Of course you want a record of the king's birth. It's not myth. There's all sorts of stories we've made up about Christmas, aren't there? Uh, there aren't any kids here, so look, if... No, someone might be watching at home. We won't go there. We won't spoil anything for anyone. There are plenty of myths, that characters and so on that we've created around Christmas. But this is not a myth. This is not a story that someone invented for their own purposes. This is true, real history. This was a king born into history in the city of David. Witnessed, seen. Not some sort of private revelation, a story that one man in a cave dreamed of and went and told everybody about. This happened. Understanding that Jesus is king explains Luke's concern for history. It explains the angels. Why did angels appear at Jesus' birth? I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, pushing 40, and uh, I've been a Christian all of my life, and in all of that time, this has never happened to me. I'm a little bit disappointed, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't mind, you know, angelic choir. I'm sure that'd be quite... I mean, these guys were frightened, so maybe I should be glad I've never had it happen to me, right? But, but of course it happened to Jesus. When God himself entered into the world as the king, I'm not God's chosen king. In fact, it would have been strange if the angels weren't there. That would have been the strange bit. When God arrived, when the king came... Of course you have to have a herald to announce it. Hark the herald angels sing, we say. Well, yes, hark them. The herald is there, proclaiming the arrival of the king. Understanding Jesus as king explains the angels. And you know what? It also explains Jesus' life. If you understand that Jesus is God's chosen king, you can't write him off as a good man, as a good teacher as a relic of the past, as somebody that I can ignore. Jesus behaved throughout his whole life as only God could. I don't know how much you know of his life. He did all sorts of things. He, he, he transformed water into wine. His mastery over the creation. He could calm storms with a word. He could then walk over the water that those storms had calmed into. He made the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear again, the mute speak. He was able to raise the dead to life. All of these things, you think they're impossible, right? Like The reality of the world that we live in, these are things that cannot happen. Except that of course they can happen if you are the God who made them in the first place. If you are the one who has the power to turn water into wine is no different than to making water appear from nothing in the first place. <laughs> to bring the dead back to life, well that's easier than giving them life in the first place. To calm a storm, well that's, that's child's play. Astonishing 
tremendous unless Jesus acts with the very power and authority of God, in which case it's perfectly understandable and expected. Jesus, as God himself, entered into our world as the king. It explains so, so much. But it does raise a question, though. Why do we reject his rule? I was chatting with someone at a Christmas party just this afternoon, chatting with someone who, who was telling me of a friend who was complaining about the state of the world. Things are just going so badly, he said. Look, look at our society, look at our culture. Look at how we, like, why is it so bad? And you think, well, the answer is very simple to see. You reject God. You don't want God to rule, to tell us what is best. Right, we, we have the best news in the world that God has come to reign in our lives. The one who knows how we tick, the one who knows what's good for us, has arrived to help us live and we get cross about it. I don't want you to tell me how to live. Thank you very much. Now, the, the word the Bible uses is sin. That, 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 the essence of that word is saying no to God's rule and having self-rule. But I tell you, that's why we need the second part of this song. Like the Bond theme, it's got the mystery and it's got the action. The Jesus theme, it's got the royal rule, but it also has the royal rescue. There are some truly crazy rescue stories out there. The sort of stuff that if a movie hasn't been made about it yet, it really ought to be. You, you can spend a very um, informative hours really lost down the rabbit hole on the internet of trying to find you ever you ever want to go look one up go look up the story of ingrid betancourt there you go ingrid betancourt she was a colombian politician who was kidnapped um, and and a whole operation had to be mounted over the course of years where they infiltrated the, the terrorist group that had kidnapped her rose in the ranks in power so they took over a whole bunch of th th like it's insane it's, it's classic like it's movie it's bond stuff right they eventually organized this fake transport of prisoners ended up getting them onto a helicopter which turned out of course to be full of police and it, like it's mental right but you want to talk about the craziest rescue story of them all god the almighty ineffable creator of the universe entered into his creation to rescue and redeem his enemies. You tell me a crazier rescue story than that. He didn't need to. <laughs> he didn't have to. He decided to do it out of his love, out of his compassion, out of his own character that is to have mercy. But hang on, David, I don't need rescue. My life's good, right? I mean, I've got plenty of money, I've got a nice house, I'm, my family's all well, we're fairly healthy, I get to travel, I have holidays. I, what, 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 what do you mean rescue? What do I need rescue? All is well. Now, can I say, if that's how you think, God contradicts you. God most strongly wants you to know that you desperately need rescuing. It's not that he, he didn't make a mistake sending Jesus. Oh, whoops! didn't really need to after all they didn't need rescuing sorry jesus my bad of course not right he sent a savior to those who need saving it, it, it's in the chorus of the theme song come down and look at verse 14 for a moment uh, as, as the angels swell 
The music builds. The host appears. Verse 14 in our passage. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. Peace has come. Not, not world peace. Right? Not um, we're all going to sit around the campfire and sing kumbaya and eat mung beans and wave our phones instead of our lighters because we're not allowed to smoke anymore. Right? Like it's, not, it's not that kind of peace. Peace with God. The, the relationship restored, this enmity that has been created by our rejection of his rule. Can I say, if you think you don't need rescue, then you are either blindingly naive, and I, and I say it with all due respect, blindingly naive, or supremely arrogant. You, you have to be naive if you think you don't need rescue. The world we live in is a direct consequence of our rejecting God. Can you honestly look at the world out there and say, yep, it's really good? It's travelling on a great path. Success belongs to the human race. World peace has been achieved by us and our endeavours. We are more united and more together and more prosperous. Of, of course you can't. The world we live in is a direct consequence of rejecting God. And of course, if you turn your back on the source of life and light and love, what are you left with? Hatred, darkness and death. It just flows, it follows. But you know what's even personally true? Which one of us can say our life is perfect? There is no pain, there is no suffering, there is no hardship. Like, it's amazing, I live in paradise. None of us can say that. Even the best of us still feel the consequences of God's curse on the world. You have to be blindingly naive to say you don't need rescue or supremely arrogant to be able to stand and say, no, no, I've lived perfectly. I have pleased God, thank you very much. I am someone who can stand before the perfect, pure, holy God Almighty with my head held high and hold my own. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, you will not rule me, that is sin. And the king who judges us says we need a rescue and there's the message of Christmas. The God who reigns is the God who came to save. Jesus, born, lived the perfect life that we couldn't, died to carry God's displeasure with us on himself. And it was so effective. It worked so well what he did that God raised him to new life, a life that he invites us to share as he rules forever. Immortal eternal life on offer. He did that so that we could be forgiven. Can, can I say this is the invitation of Christmas. Christmas is a great celebration, but actually comes with an invitation. The invitation is come. Come and bow the knee to King Jesus today. The wise men, they picked it. They came and they worshipped. It's such a religious word, worship, isn't it? Do you know what it means? It means they fell flat on their faces before him. That's what it means. Whatever he was, a little a baby, a toddler, however old he was running around, these, this troop of kings arrived in all their splendor. It made me think of uh, the, uh, the scene in Aladdin. Remember the movie Aladdin? 
when, when he comes into, uh, like he's, he's, he's had the genie turn him into the prince, and they're coming into the, the, the temple, not the temple, the castle, right, to come and meet the sultan, and it's the whole parade, right? Prince Ali, glorious he, Ali. Do you remember the one? It makes me think of that, right? The magi arrive, the caravan, with their, their treasures and their food and their, their entourage, and they arrive before a little boy, and they fall on their faces that's the invitation of Christmas. Come. Come and kneel. And if you do, you will find forgiveness. You will find amnesty is handed to you. But you know what? It's a limited time offer. Because King Jesus will return and when he returns, he will round up the dissidents. He will round up the ones who still out of naivety or arrogance or any other reason continue to reject him. And in so doing, you will be destroyed. The best theme songs, they set up the character. They show us what's coming. They set the expectation. In fact, they even teach us how to respond. Am I supposed to laugh? Am I supposed to cry? Right? Do you remember the theme song to MASH? I mean, I, I, I've got to pick it, right, based on, on, our, on our, uh, the, the congregation we've got here. Thank you, Joe. Uh, who remembers MASH? I mean, let's just, you know, I, I, m most of us. I, it's, it's worth playing, why not? It's fun. Uh, where are, It's got a weird name. There it is, right? Remember this one? This has got the lyrics in it, by the way. Which they took out for the TV show because they were so depressing. But it teaches you how to respond. Do I need to feel sad or laugh? It's kind of got both elements. It's the whimsy in it. It's got the... That suicide is painless. But it's got that line in it. Which, by the way, the lyrics to that song were written by the 14-year-old son of the guy who wrote the music. So I don't know what was going through that kid's head to come up with those lyrics. Here is a theme song that God pressed play on when Jesus arrived. A theme song that teaches us that the King has come and He invites you today. Come and worship. Come and bow before Him. That'll be the best Christmas of them all. Let's pray, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You that You came into Your creation in Jesus. Your King, born into our world to rescue and to rule. We praise you for what you have done in saving us. And today, once again, we declare that we bow before King Jesus, the one who reigns and who rules, who will save his people and who will return to judge. Father, we thank you for Christmas to stop and to remember. Please teach us to respond rightly. In Jesus' name.